I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. For at least a generation, education reformers have heralded the promise of digital technology to transform schooling and fuel rapid improvements in student learning. Breakthrough results have been slow in coming, however, and as evidence mounts that the ubiquity of digital devices in today's society has been a mixed blessing, some educators have started to question whether students are well-served spending school hours in front of a screen. I'm Marty West, editor of Education Next, and I'm joined today by Tom Vanderark, CEO of the advisory firm Getting Smart. He's also a contributor to the forum in the winter 2018 issue of Education Next, which poses the question, should we limit screen time in school? Tom's response, entitled, The Problem is Wasted Time, Not Screen Time, is available now at educationnext.org. Tom, welcome to the Next podcast. Thanks, Marty. So your essay is very much future-oriented, looking at the potential for emerging technologies to transform learning going forward. But you start by looking back at how digital technology has been used and experienced in the classroom since the 1990s. Why? It's interesting um, and a, a bit ironic that the year I became a public school superintendent was uh, 1994. It was also the first year of state standards here in uh, Washington State. Uh, I was excited about that because I had uh, I'd been a CFO of a big company in prior life, and I was used to having um, morning statistics on everything, and I became a public school superintendent, and I didn't know anything. I didn't know how my kids were doing. Uh, I, I couldn't even figure out how many teachers we had. It was like flying blind, so I was happy about standards and assessment. I also got a call from Bill Gates that um, in my first couple of months, and and he invited me to join 10 other superintendents uh, to first visit schools in Australia that were implementing one-to-one laptop programs. And uh, and then in 1995, we implemented one-to-one. We also started the first online school in the country uh, K-12 school in the country in 1995. And so these two sort of bookend experiences of launching standards-based reform and uh, really launching the, the technology revolution um, have really marked my career in education. And in some ways, they have uh, worked together. And in other ways, they've really gotten in each other's way. And I, I would argue that the standards reform uh, had lots of unintended consequences, one of them being to dampen innovation and particularly the the use of technology in, in real productive ways. How exactly has the standards movement hindered the effectiveness of technology in transforming how schools operate? And I mean, as I think about it, many of the most prominent applications of education technology are very much standards driven. They're really about providing feedback on exactly where students sit relative to expectations for their learning. Right, and I'm, I'm super excited about formative uses of technology, particularly adaptive assessment. I'm a, I'm a big fan of recommendation engines, and I talk about that in the, in the piece. But one interesting thing, Marty, is that um, blended learning 
sort of exacerbated the, the worksheet problem of asking kids to do small work, not big work. And I am I think the world of technology requires us to give kids big extended challenges uh, to do more production than, um, than consumption. And I think the way many schools have deployed technology has encouraged these small bite-sized uh, sort of individualized courses of study and instead of asking kids uh, big and tough questions to, to give them extended projects, um, often team-based, community-connected. Uh, so I'm, I'm afraid in too many schools we've traded a paper worksheet for a digital worksheet. So against this backdrop, what makes you excited about the potential of technology going forward? You write that it has the potential to accelerate learning productivity in ways we can scarcely imagine. What gives you that hope? Well, I'm, I'm really excited about all the new learning models that are out there. Um, new School Venture Fund and Next Generation Learning Challenges and recently the XQ Super School and a bunch of new networks that are combining project-based learning and personalized learning, uh, Summit and New Tech and Alt School and Brooklyn Labs. Um, these new school models um, I think are really interesting because they blend experiences, long and short, online, offline, individual and team, production, consumption, um, discipline-based and integrated into a really interesting, uh, productive sequence of uh, personalized learning. And it's conceivable, uh, as the other author argued, that you could do that without technology. I, I just think it's super hard. And uh, I argue in my piece that we can use technology, one, to really understand learners much more uh, in a much more sophisticated way, and two, we can help them do really interesting world-class work uh, if we're smart about using technology. Picking up on that last point, I think two of the developments you discuss in the essay are the rise of intimate computing and experiential computing. Could you say a bit more about what those are and how you see them potentially facilitating the type of student work you just described? Sure. Um, arguably, the most important technology in human history that's been developed is search. Um, it, it's at least the most important learning technology, that, and the fact that we can now pick up our phone and shout into it and we get an instant answer back from the universe is, is really quite a remarkable thing. What we'll see in the next few years is students will have a, a digital assistant. They'll be able to access this digital assistant in many different ways, uh, sometimes through gesture, uh, sometimes um, through voice. And if Elon Musk gets his way, we'll even be able to think uh, a question through some kind of a neural link. So computers are going to be around us all the time. We'll use probably five different screens uh, during the day. And uh, young people have really already started this age of life with smart machines uh, where they think about all of their tasks being aided by uh, an, an intelligent agent. And a subset of this is experiential computing, uh, uh, AI and uh, VR, um, and as well as uh, augmented reality. So VR referring to virtual reality technologies where students right. can enter into a digital world in order to gain exposure to content that they otherwise would read about in books, I guess? 
Right. And uh, Google Expeditions is probably the, the best and most widely used example of that today. Uh, Seth Andrew, uh, founder of Democracy Prep and uh, former White House advisor, is really bullish on VR and helped form Washington Leadership Academy, probably the only VR-centric uh, uh, new school in the country. I, on the other hand, am more uh, excited about augmented reality um, and the idea of field trips with uh, with AR to just imagine your your phone and a walking tour or a hiking tour uh, where your experience of the either the urban world or the natural world is aided by uh, the the phone and its ability to sense where you are and what you're seeing. Uh, so I, I am excited about uh, experiential computing. Now, you referred a moment ago to your partner in this Ednex Forum, uh, somewhat of a debater, I guess, uh, Dan Scoggins of the Charter School Network, Great Hearts. And he expresses concern that modern digital technologies are all too often a source of distraction, what Cory Doctorow calls an ecosystem of interruption technologies. And he also cites research from MIT professor Sherry Turkle indicating that heavy users of social media often have difficulty reading human emotions. Do you share those kinds of concerns? And if so, are you not worried that a heavy dose of screen time in the classroom will only reinforce some of the unhealthy pressures today's students are experiencing outside of school? Sure. Uh, all of those are valid concerns. Um, I'm a big fan of Great Hearts. I, I think it's a, it's a network uh, that's really dedicated to helping young people use their minds well. Uh, that's where Dan and I agree. Um, where we disagree is I just think it's silly to uh, not take advantage of the extraordinary power that we're just beginning to understand. Um, what this all means is that we have to be parents and we have to be teachers and we have to exercise judgment about when and how the students and children in our care uh, use that technology. I, I taught a class on Friday, and I said, the first thing I'd like you to do is put your screens down. We're going to have a discussion uh, with each other, and we discussed uh, uh, a number of different writing strategies and writing prompts, and then I asked them to lift their lids and to write for 15 minutes. And so it takes that sort of management of screen time um, uh, having an acceptable use culture, not just an acceptable use policy, uh, and making it clear that there there's lots of times when we need to focus on each other and our communication um, and not looking at a device. I think it's also important to um, scaffold our support for students and, and recognize that for uh, very young students that uh, there should be very little screen time, but by the time uh, students are seniors in high school, um, I'm comfortable with them spending uh, 40 or 50 percent of their time online, uh, but I'd also like them to be able to manage, you know, extended challenges, long projects, to be able to be successful in an online college class. And so I want to help them build that muscle of of agency and self-management uh, over time, and that certainly includes screen time. Now, your work at Getting Smart gives you the opportunity to see a lot of schools that are trying to use technology in the constructive ways that 
you've described. Can you, as you look across the country, sort of think about what the schools that are getting screen time right have in common? Is it that you know they have the space to innovate? Are they predominantly charter schools? Are they predominantly district-based schools? What what do they have in common? Uh, Marty, I just finished the book on school networks. Uh, should be out in the spring. Um, I argue in that book that uh, personalized learning is really promising, particularly the combination of project-based learning and personalized learning. But it, for many reasons, it is still very, very difficult to build and execute these models. So I argue that schools should work together in networks to, to build um, solutions that make sense for teachers and for kids. Uh, the, the networks that I'm excited about, I, I mentioned a couple earlier. Uh, I think Summit Public Schools is interesting. Um, they're particularly good at personalized learning. Uh, New Tech Network is particularly good at project-based learning. Uh, th there are many of the next generation learning challenge winners, about 130 of them, uh, like Thrive Public Schools that combine uh, personalized and project-based learning. I think all of those schools are very intentional about learning experiences, including the use of screen time. Uh, and they, they manage the day so that students are working individually in small groups and large groups. Sometimes they use technology. Uh, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're doing short bursts. Sometimes they're in long uh, extended challenges. And so being intentional about uh, a sequence of learning experiences for every child. I think that's the new opportunity. My guest today has been Tom Vanderark, CEO of Getting Smart. His essay, The Problem is Wasted Time, Not Screen Time, is available now at educationnext.org. Tom, thanks for being part of the podcast. Thanks, Marty. You've been listening to the Ednext Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or another platform so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners to find us.